0: Well, women's golf couldn't wait to again try and win a tournament, although the Glass City Invitational in Toledo was going to be much more tough, because there were three teams in the top 30, and turns out those three teams finished ahead of the Bulls, but just barely. It was a 36-hole plan for Monday, and then the final round on Tuesday. Darkness suspended things late on Monday, late in the second round. And as we were getting towards the end of Monday, the Bulls were briefly in the lead. It was a three-horse race between they the Florida Gators and Michigan State well the Bulls fell off a little bit from a four under tremendous second round led by Emma Foucher's event record she is a freshman from France and she went six under 66 to lead the way and had the Bulls, again, in contention for a title. They simply could not match that from an under-par performance to their final round of 9-over-par. That had them going from a first-place possibility to maybe fifth place, which would have been a disappointment. Third place became the ultimate goal at the end, and they just got edged out by Michigan State. Oh, remember them? That's the team that actually won the regional that the Bulls took part in last year in Palm Beach Gardens, South Florida, in contention to make it to the NCAA Championships until falling off in their final nine yesterday Virginia the other team along with Michigan State that made it to the NCAA finals last year finished second to the Gators now got to mention this on Florida's side they won by six shots it's something when you've got a really deep team that you always risk picking the wrong players to bring to an event playing as an individual you only can start five and that's your starting five well Jackie Lucera of course, we'll tell you how the Bulls individually did here in just a second. But she ended up in fifth place, three under par for the tournament. That was great for her, but not for her team because it didn't count towards the team score. She would have given them a five-shot edge in each of the last two rounds. So they really should have won by 16 shots. So the Gators definitely deserved this thing. And, incidentally, for a brief time on Tuesday, they had fallen into fourth place. So they were really... Starting to sweat it out, but obviously finished strong. And Virginia deserved second place for being one of just the two schools to go under par in the final round. Then it was Michigan State at 14 over. So Gators four over, Virginia 10. Michigan State 14, and the Bulls at 15 over. And they edged Michigan by a couple shots. Michigan entered the last round 16 shots behind the Bulls. Yeah, the Wolverines were the other team to go under par. Speaking of under par, Melanie Green, four under tied for second with a golfer from Florida at Michigan State. Amanda Sandbach ran away with it for Virginia, eight under par with 68s in each of her final two rounds. She's an All-American and their top player, but M.G. was right there. Foucher, after that brilliant six under par, was tied for first place, ended, though, with a 76 and tied for seventh, and it's easy to see if she has a par middle round, then the Bulls are in third place and... Threatening for second, but that's part of being a freshman and part of the whole experience. And Erica Brennan, who again we're talking to tomorrow for Bullseye, but we might steal some of that audio here for Bulls Beat, said we played hard from start to finish that last round, stung a little bit, but we will use that sting as fuel for future events. Their next event is in two weeks in Tulsa. By the way, their ranking should be right around where it is. The three teams that finished ahead of them were all top 30, led by Virginia at 21. Bulls entered at 34. And this is why finishing fourth, not fifth, was kind of important because there was a big drop-off from fifth to sixth. In fact, the drop-off was 23 shots, and that team that finished sixth so far behind was Miami which entered the tournament, ranked just one spot behind the Bulls. So Bulls were right there in a very strong field. Now, the men's golf team, which needed an event like this and got it, they were not in contention to win, but finishing in third or fourth was very meaningful. They needed a result like they did to get that computer ranking up, as last year's team did not make the NCAA tournament a rarity for the Bulls. And they got into contention for a top-five finish at the 15-team event in Northfield, Illinois, the Wyndham Memorial, with a spectacular second round of 15 under par. Brock Healy led the way with a 6-under-65 on that big middle round. He is a transfer from Kennesaw State. Wilhelm Riding, who is a freshman from Sweden, went 4-under-par himself. And then Cooper Smith... He is originally from Freedom High School, transferred into the Bulls from UNF, three under par, rounded out with another Swede, Nino Palmquist, the second-year Bull, at two under par. That adds up pretty nicely. Shubi Jaglan, who was there as an individual, his score didn't count, but we'll toss in the fact that he went two under. And the Bulls' top player, Jake Peacock, this is never a bad thing, actually, when your top player's score doesn't count in that middle round, went one over par, but he would end up second best on the team for the whole thing, Healy. Turned in a seven under par for the tourney. Had him just in the top 10, tied for ninth. Peacock, despite that one over round, ended up six under par in the top 15. Cooper Smith also landed in the top 20 with a five under par tournament. Wild final round, get this, had five birdies and an eagle. So that's seven shots on the good side of par. And ended up one under 70 because of a couple bogues and a couple of doubles. Peacock, very consistent on his final round, 269. No bogeys and a couple of birdies. Why was it important to finish in fourth place out of 15 teams? Because a lot of them were in the top 100 and the Bulls weren't. UNF, which finished four shots behind the Bulls in fifth place, ranked top 50, for example. Notre Dame, which was ranked 43rd, finished 11th. And another conference team, Memphis, while the Bulls were 27 under par, Tigers were ranked 88th. They finished at even par. And how about the last place team? Michigan State top 50 actually went four over. So the Bulls are going to see that computer ranking go up. We'll tell you where that is. And then a chance to even improve it more with home course advantage. Their next time out hosting an event that we'll be at in a couple weeks in Brooksville. The women's tennis team will be at home this weekend for the Bedford Cup. Definitely want to run into Christina Moros and get a preview of that for you. They started off their season in the fall at the Sissy Leary invite at Penn, going up against members of a handful of schools, specifically a really good Syracuse team along with Columbia, Drexel, Penn, and Delaware. Temple was actually in this event as well, but since the Bulls, well, they're in the same conference as Temple. They did match up there. It was a good performance against Drexel where the Bulls swept things. Several new names, a couple that we spoke to recently around their photo shoot, you'll hear bits of those conversations sprinkled throughout the course of the show. But Gargi Pahar, who is from India in a transfer, very successful one from Incarnate Word in Louisville, along with a freshman from Turkey, Melissa Senli. Won their first matches as Bulls. So did a freshman Kelly Vargas. Now she was great as a freshman last year, and I finally got to sit down with her and get the direct connection between well, her hometown of Austin, Texas, and the Bulls' head coach Christina Morris's hometown being the same spot wasn't a coincidence that she ended up at South Florida. So last year, Ireland Simi was a freshman, and not hopefully going to embarrass you. This is a compliment. First time I saw you practicing with Coach Morris, I could tell that you were not just a good player, but you were asking questions. You were keen, and when you when you thought you made a mistake, you wanted to go ahead and correct it right away. Have you always kind of been a student and not just a player?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I've always wanted to know more and know how I can improve. I'm kind of a perfectionist, <laughs> so <laughs> that's the word I was probably trying to come up with. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's great to have a coach like Christina who is always willing to give that extra little advice.
0: What were some of the things that you honed to your liking in year one anyway?
1: Um, A lot of it for me is how I fight more so than tactical things because I I can get very pumped up and very high and it's important to keep that and not go too low so she's helped me a lot on court with like staying pretty solid throughout. You
0: know when you're matriculating as a youngster I'm guessing you're better than most people you play in in college it's probably a different story so when you're you know you're better maybe mental's not as big a part of it how m- much does it become a part of it in college the mental part
1: um yeah it's a completely different game in college i mean you're no longer just by yourself you have a whole team that you're playing with and fighting for so i think it's so much more intense it's a completely different game than junior tennis
0: you are from austin texas mm-hmm. for those who don't know it Anyone listening to this might know that Christina Morris, the head coach of the Bulls, is not just from Texas, but she is a Hall of Famer at UT. So did you know a little bit about her growing up? I think there's probably a connection.
1: Yes. So she used to work at the club that I trained at for eight years. But when she was there, I was eight years old. (laughs) So I have, like, known of her since I was eight years old. My dad was actually working there, too, at the time. And it was always like, if you get a little bit better, you can do a lesson with Christina. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, I mean, it came full circle. Here I am now. but That is
0: a real full yeah. circle. That, <laughs> did, when she approached you, maybe for the first time about coming down here, did, did she have to remind you who she was or did you know?
1: <laughs> no, it was crazy. She actually like texted me and I was... I was so thrown off. I didn't know that she was here. I hadn't heard her name since I was, you know, probably eight or nine years old. Oh, wow.
0: So she did have to remind you. That's awesome. Well, she was
1: like, hey, this is Christina (laughs) Moros. I was like, oh, my gosh, no way. I had no idea, but it was so nice to get back in touch with her and hear everything that she's been doing, and she's been doing so well. So
0: Well, whether that was the full reason or whatever the reason was, we're glad you came down here. (laughs) Good luck in year number two, and thanks.
1: Yes, thank you so much.
0: She's pretty cool, huh? So are Marta Falsetto-Font and Nadja Christians, who came together from different schools, transferred in to be a formidable doubles team. They were back together on the court last weekend in Philadelphia. If you want all the results, go GoUSFBulls.com has a good summary, as it does of how the men's squad did at the Chowder Fest in Harvard, where wins were hard to come by, but let me tell you, the opponents were really, really strong teams. San Diego, Harvard, the host, and Cornell were all... NCAA tournament teams last year that advanced out of the first round with Harvard making the Sweet 16. So, starting right off with some strong competition is Ashley Fisher. Basketball practice began this week. Jose Fernandez said, Come on by practice today. So, I'll be doing that. We'll tell you a little bit about it on Friday's show and I'll try and hit up Amir Abdul Rahim's squad's practice on Thursday as well. I'm going to be talking to volleyball's Jolene Shepherdson for this program and previewing it for you Friday as their home for two against UAB, but tomorrow it's the women's soccer team at home, and of course when we hit the air at 7 o'clock, we'll give you much more on the opponent, but what you need to know is it's a battle for first place in the AAC East, as both the Bulls and East Carolina are one win, one tie, presuming there's a winner Thursday night, that team will be alone in first place cool video with some of my calls in the background cinematic video of that win against Gonzaga from Sunday and I'm sure we'll sprinkle in a couple more replays of that here on the channel before we hit the air live at seven o'clock so Friday's show we'll have a full weekend to preview hopefully some winning women's soccer highlights by the way Corey Peace for her goal and an assist in that victory over Gonzaga was named the AAC offensive player of the week and also from volleyball Bousse Hazan was on the weekly honor roll Keep an eye out here on the podcast page. We've also posted the coordinators, Joel Gordon and Todd Orlando, with the media from Wednesday. So you didn't have to wait around until Friday's show for that. Thanks for dropping by.